0: You are listening to the next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of the Glass Castle. Rich city folk live in fancy apartments, but their air is so polluted they can't even see the stars.
1: We'd have to be out of our minds to trade places with any of them. Dr. Taylor said we should go to a real school. A real school, huh?
0: is as real as it gets kids you learn from living pack yourself a toothbrush
1: deal pack yourself a favorite flower you're gonna tell them oh, about us you shouldn't be ashamed of us just because we choose a different lifestyle when did you lose your sense of adventure
0: if the sun don't shine
1: on our tape. The bill collectors. And if the, flies, the kids are tired of moving to a new town every time you lose a job.
0: You know, all this running around is only temporary. We just need perfect location, then
1: we can get to work on our cash. Oh, when you ever <laughs>
0: this place doesn't have any running water or electricity.
1: Ignore her. She was born without vision. My parents are squatting in an abandoned building on the Lower East Side. Can you honestly tell me that you're happy
0: right now? Yes, I am. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for The Glass Castle, and the story is as follows. Based on a memoir, four siblings must learn to take care of themselves as their responsibility adverse free spirit parents both inspire and inhibit them. When sober, the children's brilliant and charismatic father captured their imagination, teaching them physics, geology. And how to embrace life fearlessly but when he drank he was dishonest and destructive meanwhile their mother abhorred the idea of domestic domesticity and didn't want to take on the work of raising a family the film is starring brie larson woody harrelson max greenfield sarah snook and naomi watts it is written and directed by destin daniel cretin and co-written by Andrew Lanham. Joining me for this review, we have a guest, Mr. J.D. from the In Film Podcast. J.D., my man, great to have you back.
1: Hey, how's it going? I'm always glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Matt. I cannot wait to talk about this film.
0: Oh, man, I'm very excited to do so as well because something tells me that we have a <laughs> difference of opinion, perhaps. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I do think that is probable. I did get a chance to read your review coming into this. In fact, it was really the only thing that I've read after seeing the movie, which was just a few hours ago. I'm very, very fresh on this. I haven't really had time to dive into any notes, so this is very organic, very raw for me, but... I will say I was I was very excited for this movie. I'm a big, big, big fan of Short Term 12, yes. as I'm sure a lot of people out there listening are. One of my favorite films of 2013. Um, and to see Destin Daniel Cretton back with Brie Larson, uh, that just had me very, very excited. And on top of that, as you were talking about there with that synopsis, it has this familial dynamic that is at the the central dramatic core of this film. It's a coming of age story in some ways as well. And I gotta say, Matt, I kind of enjoyed this film. I, I know that I enjoyed it more than you did, and it comes down to one major factor for me. Your father, because I do think from exactly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the
0: glass castle, everyone, is JD's like worst living nightmare of his parenting <laughs> existence. It's like all the things yeah. that he does not want to be. That's what the glass castle represents.
1: <laughs> well, and, and what's funny about that, because you're absolutely right. Uh, what, a lot of what we see with the Woody Harrelson character of Rex, he represents a lot of what I do not want to be as a father, but in the same sense, and this is going to sound kind of weird where this film is going thematically, at least for me, There actually is a big sense of what I want to get of what I want to take away at the end of my life in the same way that this film tackles fatherhood. Now, before I get to that, I do I do want to say up front that I will recognize that. Structurally, there are problems with this film. Some of the back and forth between present day and the flashbacks, it's a little bit disjointed. And I actually preferred the flashback sequences than some of the present day sequences between Brie Larson's character and Max Greenfield. Some of that felt a little too movie-ish for me, a little too uh, pristine and glossy that just somewhat rubbed me the wrong way yeah. versus the the grit and the rawness that we saw with the the familial dynamics in the flashback sequences. I very much preferred that. But what really struck a chord with me, and again, going back to your review, Matt, you said this verbatim in, in your review, and I, and I quote, from a storytelling standpoint, I take great issue with the moral with the moral of the lesson to be learned here. Depending on your own morals and values, you would either find the ending uh, to be heartwarming or unearned, end quote. And I do agree with you. I, th- I think in a lot of ways, depending on your own beliefs and how you interpret this film, it's either going to rub you the, the wrong way or you're going to be drawn to it emotionally. And what I love so much about this film is that ultimately I feel like it's about fatherhood and legacy and how that affects your family because Rex makes a lot of poor decisions that eventually pushes his family away. But Cretton is very intentional and does a very good job, I think, of showcasing that Rex also had a palpable love for his children. It was perhaps misguided in execution, but he did love his kids. And ultimately he was defeated of sorts with his own demons that he just struggled to, to overcome and and to beat. But at the end of the day, after experiencing what we have with our family, we get to the end of Rex's life at the end of this movie. And the film is all about how nostalgia gives us a new perspective On how our parents were when we were growing up, and the legacy of what Rex was to his kids, while it was abrasive, it certainly pushed them away. They also came to realize that he wasn't always bad, he did very good things for them. And while the storytelling is maybe a little bit disjointed there, I think in terms of where it goes, of representing fatherhood and legacy, and the fact that Rex. He was bad, but he was also very good. And having that epiphany and for her to turn toward her father at the end, that was justified and I think earned and it was poignant it in a way that I very much responded to. So as much as I don't want to be Rex, at the end of the day, I, when I'm gone, I want my kids and my family to remember me and talk about me in funny ways and great ways. The things I did wrong, the things I did right, I want that legacy to be on top of mind on top of heart at, at, in the same way it was for all of the the kids of Rex at the very end of this movie and I was very moved by all of that
0: well I'm very happy that you were moved by it because I certainly was not um short term 12 moved me same here short term 12 had a intimacy and a realism to it that felt so natural and so humanistic that really tapped deep within our emotions as human beings and really, mm. really got me on a level that very, very few films are able to do. It's
1: great. Absolutely. It's an
0: amazing film. This movie has such a manufactured feel to it in how it's deliberately trying to manipulate our emotions that I'm I'm actually – I was actually kind of happy that I was not crying by the end of this movie because it was more of like a – see? I'm going to show you. You're not going to be able to trick me into crying, you bastard. You know why? Because I was so, so upset with the message that this movie was putting forward in regards to the Rex character. As you said, you quoted me word for word there. I took issue mm-hmm. with the fact that this guy could let down his family as many times as he did, made as many mistakes as he did, put his children in harm's way as many times as he did. And continue to just be a complete shit to every single person around him. (laughs) But because he taught his kids to dream big, be fearless, and chase their dreams, oh, he's suddenly a fucking saint. Give me a break with that. Are you kidding me? I don't care (laughs) how good of a performance Woody Harrelson does in this movie with this character. Because, quite frankly... He is fantastic, and in my opinion, mm-hmm. he's actually probably worth seeing the movie for. Uh, honestly, I think him, Naomi Watts, and Brie Larson, they give really, really great performances overall. Ev- yeah. Everybody else, unfortunately, a tad bit underwritten to where we don't get to see as fully fleshed out performances as those three are given the opportunity mm-hmm. to provide here. But man, oh man, I-, I, I could not, I could not escape the fact that they vilified this man. And by the time like mm-hmm. by the time the kids get older, he, the worse he gets, he just keeps getting worse and worse. It seems like the best times that they had with this man, this this you know masculine uh, patriarch mm-hmm. of this family was when they were children and they were younger and he could be more uh, tender and loving and caring towards them. Mm-hmm. But. You know, and it was just simply a matter of him making some mistakes. But like, for example, when there's a scene Mm -hmm. later on the film where to get back at his daughter, he pretty much whores her out. Oh, Mm -hmm. come on. Like that, it's just morally (laughs) reprehensible. I I don't see how he gets any kind of redemption by the end of this movie. What, because he's dying? Rot, you piece of shit. No way. I (laughs) I took great, great issue with all of this. Um, I I really, really felt betrayed by the message of the movie to the Mm -hmm. point where I didn't even think it should be made because this is a true life story. Mm -hmm. This is what really happened. And there's only one way to tell this story that doesn't make it right. I think it works well in book format. This definitely seems like something that if I had read it prior before seeing the movie, I probably would have enjoyed it because I would be able to imagine it more so from my own point of view, um, insinuate myself into that uh, position better, and Mm -hmm. maybe interpret things a little bit differently. But here I could see the mechanizations of Destin uh, telling me how to feel, and I wasn't buying it.
1: And, and I certainly agree with you. This is a little bit more of a flashy performance from Crenton than the restrained direction we got in Short Term 12. No doubt about it. This is what a lot of people will call pure Oscar bait. And it is in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I certainly agree with that. Like I said, it is a little glossy. It's a little bit more pristine. And you
0: could argue, too, by the way, that the glossy and pristineness of the current day timeline, that could be an intentional uh, decision. To showcase what Jeanette's life has pretty much become in New York City. I I, I could
1: understand that. I I agree. I will say the aesthetics of it didn't necessarily uh, stifle my engagement with the film as much as it was the connection we saw between Jeanette and her fiance, played by Max Greenfield in this film. The, The dynamics between those two characters, something about it just felt off to me. It felt a little forced and... I just, I just much prefer the, the raw grittiness of what we got more with the flashback sequences. But you are right in a lot of ways that the Rex character in this film, he certainly is despicable and he gets worse and worse as the film progresses. And the film is very intentional about showcasing that and how that affected Jeanette and her siblings. Now, the turn is going to come down to whether you appreciate and engage with the scenes early on in the film when we see a very young Jeanette and her dynamic with Rex and how she learned to really love her father, flaws and all. And those scenes very much worked for me. And I think in the end, when that turned is made and perhaps it's conventional, a little cliche. Again, it's a very Hollywood in execution. I do sympathize with that criticism, but I think from a storytelling standpoint, and I haven't read the book that this is based off of, but my guess is that Jeanette learned to let go of these superficial material things. And she just learned to love her father. I believe that she did have that turn, which is why she wrote the book and why we get the movie here. And there was enough in those early scenes that I could, where I could feel that connection. So when the turn made and she was like, yes, this guy is an asshole and I ran away from him for a reason, but there was enough early on in the film where I did see him loving his daughter. I did feel that connection between the two of them that I could understand why Jeanette would make that turn. Whether you feel that's right or not is totally up to you. But I do think there's an argument to be made that what she decides to do is very believable. And I can't say that I blame her for that because our parents are our parents flaws and all. And the fact that she would turn to that makes total sense to me. And I think the big reason I resonated with all of this, despite being a father myself and and wanting my legacy to continue on and my kids as well, is Woody Harrelson's performance. I think he yeah. gives... Easily one of the best performances of the year so far. Yeah. He is wonderful. In fact, it might be one of his best performances of his career, period. I think he's that good in this movie. I, I That balance that he has in this film of loving his kids the way he does. And again, I very much believe that. But at the same time, slowly unraveling and becoming this alcoholic that does very malicious things. The way he was able to to pull that off and make that turn work, at least for me, I I just I couldn't. It was incredible. I think he is the heart and soul of this film. I love Brie Larson. I think she's very serviceable here, but this film, hands down, is all about Woody Harrelson's performance. And for me, he makes it work enough.
0: Yeah, I have to say, Woody Harrelson's performance is the reason why I'm not making this like one of the worst (laughs) films I've seen this year or uh, even a notch above that it's like somewhere above that level where it's like it's like almost in the middle but we're leaning more towards the negative um, because it's not also just it it, it mostly is because of that ending sure but there are some other things too uh, throughout that I I didn't I didn't feel like it, it just it didn't feel like it worked as well as it could have like the movie has this fantastical storybook-like quality to it that mm. feels just just so um, – what's the word I'm looking for here? It, it, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel authentic. Mm. Um, the performances are good and they're committed and they, the actors are really doing everything they can to bring these characters to life. But I felt like the overall aesthetic of the film around them was failing to put this film into a more realistic setting. I, I It almost seemed like there was going to be a point in the movie where something... Truly fantastical was was going to take place, you know. I I I it felt very much like this when I saw the Shack earlier this year in terms of the film's mm. visual aesthetic, and how the film was playing off the emotions, uh, the quality of acting, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then that's not to downplay a film like the Shack, you know, by any means, but. Mm-hmm like i guess maybe because i had the comparison of short-term 12 so much in my mind and because Woody harrelson's uh scenes felt so real when they got really ugly i mean there's one scene in the movie where he has like an all-in-out fight with naomi watts and yeah in that scene uh destin decides to use handheld yeah and that's when i was like yes like freaking Mm -hmm. get the camera moving let's feel the danger let's feel the realism like we're actually there and we're seeing what it's like to be these children in this house with this man you know really really Mm -hmm. make it feel real
1: to me and there's a nice long take There as well, which makes you feel like you are a character in that. Yes,
0: yes, that that to me, that was like a a very, very big standout in the film for me that Mm -hmm. and another scene, too, that I really liked as well, where once again, the camera was moving is a scene where Woody Harrelson, where Rex uh, tries to teach his daughter how to swim
1: mm, Yeah,
0: and the camera is following her as he's thrown in the air. The camera's going into the water and it yeah. feels very scary while you're watching it. Yeah. I, I loved those moments the most. Um, mm-hmm. You're right. When you say, when you talk about the Max Greenfield character though, um, where just something just felt off about their relationship and yeah. seeing how the film ends in regards to their relationship, it makes sense.
1: Oh, uh, that was by far the worst scene for me in this movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I'll tell you, there was another part of me that also felt like he, too, was a scumbag because he should be more understanding and he should yeah. let one freaking business dinner like ruin their relationship And, by the way, I feel like I should have said at the beginning of this video that we're getting into spoilers here because I feel like I cannot adequately talk about this movie unless if I, like, actually say what happens, but, uh, you know... (laughs) They basically break up at the end because she chooses to go see her dying father, which I already had a problem with. But then this guy that she supposedly is so in love with that there's this whole conflict built around it with her parents. And the fact that it looks like they're not together at the end anymore and he's out of her life. What a douche. Woody Harrelson, you're a douche. This movie's just filled with a bunch of (laughs) douchebags. And you know what, too? I'm very, very, very interested, though. I wish, J.D., I wish because I'm going to ask you right now. I don't know the answer, but I wish because I'm presuming I know the answer is. Did your wife see this with you?
1: No, I actually watched this by myself. I wish that she had. (laughs)
0: Like I said, I presume (laughs) that knew the answer and I wish that she had because I would have really liked to have heard – a mother's perspective on this movie. Sure. And a female perspective because I feel like the yeah. men are such douchebags, but the women are such strong characters through all of this. But I'm not exactly sure if that's because I'm misinterpreting uh, the, what strength really is necessarily
1: mm-hmm.
0: because Woody Harrelson's idea of strength is – I guess I'm going to put you guys through a ton of shit and you're going to come out better on the other side of it when all is said and done, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I'd v- I was very, very in- interested in hearing that side of it.
1: I, I don't necessarily feel like it was Rex's intention to put them through a living hell just for the sake of it. I think it just was circumstantial in terms that's how of... how it ended up being. The- didn't have a lot of money and they were forced to move from place to place because he couldn't hold down a job. I mean, he a lot of it does come down to, to the fact do
0: it, though, like he he deliberately makes choices
1: that puts no, them in. These
0: yeah. It's not because of circumstance or because
1: of luck. It's all on him. Well, sure. And the film is intentional about talking about Rex's problems. I mean, there's a couple times where he's very aware of it. There's a really great scene halfway through where we see this scene where a younger Jeanette is stitching him up after having this accident, and she simply comes out and says, why can't you stop drinking? I need you to stop drinking. And it's a very poignant moment. And again, this is where Woody Harrelson is just freaking incredible yeah. in this film because he just simply looks at his daughter and he has to look away he cannot look her in the eyes when she asks that question and he asked her to leave and then the next scene he wakes her up and is like okay I'm enough of this I'm going to give it a shot I'm going to try to be sober and you can't be (laughs) near me the next couple days because I know this is going to be rough and they certainly show that so he is aware of his problems he does attempt to sober up he gets a job even things are good for a little while so he does try and there's other scenes throughout the film that despite his flaws where the film does show us that Rex goes out and he does good things for his kids and and even you know the scene where you were talking talking about where he's throwing Jeanette in the pool and she can't swim. And, you know, you may think that she's trying to drown. She's never really in danger. I mean, perhaps his tactics are a bit foolish, but I do think there's a level of love underneath that where he is trying to harden his kids up. He is trying to love them and tell them that the world is not going to give you anything. You have to go out and earn it. And you know what movie I think did all
0: this and did it so much better. I just realized, you just made me think of it actually a second ago, and I'm sorry to cut you off for it, but it just entered my mind. Captain Fantastic, I think, did all this better.
1: Yeah. I I now I completely agree with that. There's no, I no doubt about that. I I do think Captain Fantastic is a much better film overall, much more seamless than this is. And as I said in my initial thoughts, I do feel like this is a bit disjointed. My point in bringing up those specific scenes is I do feel like Rex overall is a balanced character. They go out of his way the, the film goes out of its way to show us that he is he does good things for them. And he does love them, even if it is a bit misguided at times. And then it goes off to show us that he can also be truly a a despicable, terrible person. And I think it's that combination of things is what gives Jeanette a confliction in the final act where she doesn't want to be around him because she knows how terrible he can be. And especially toward... Her fiance, he just simply <laughs> hates the guy, and so she kind of wants him out of his life. But at the end of the day, it does come back to that idea of legacy, as as I was talking about the fact that your dad is your dad, and uh, and and you know those experiences that you had as a little kid they don't always escape you, and nostalgia can somehow and sometimes give you a different perspective than what you had at the time, and perhaps that changes you over the time, and perhaps that's a bit. Uh, forced maybe it's a little bit contrived but there's enough organic elements to that in this film and again it mostly comes down to woody harrelson's performance that i was able to uh, overcome those criticisms and and still be moved by what happens at the end
0: i mean can we also agree maybe i don't know at this point you sound like you're very enamored with this um can we agree (laughs) that some of the dialogue in this is extraordinarily hammy at times
1: I, I Yeah, I mean I can certainly agree with that And mostly, and I don't know Exactly what scenes you're oh, thinking of I'm thinking of but-
0: up one particular line Because it's the line where As, I, I could only imagine That as writers th- This pair probably thought When they wrote this Oh my god, we're so clever And it's when <laughs> he's on his deathbed And he says to her I never did build you that glass castle And then she turns him And she says No, but we did get to play in one. And it's like, oh, like what? Cringe. Cringe.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, I can't say I was taken out of the moment there, although in hindsight, I can certainly understand where you're coming from. For me, where the dialogue fails this film, it's between... Uh, it's the scenes with Jeanette and the Max Greenfield character of David. Like every time they're talking, it's, it just didn't feel natural no. to me.
0: Well, that's because their marriage, I guess, or their engagement yeah. is not supposed to feel. Um, yeah. You know, it's very interesting because Woody Harrelson asks her on a couple of occasions, is this what you want? and me as an audience member I was like uh yeah this is what she wants she wants to be away from you she's got a comfortable life there's money she's got a great job there's security and I was mm-hmm. like yeah this is definitely what she wants and I guess the film is trying to tell us little by little as it goes on that this isn't what she really wanted and there is a there is kind of a merger that happens where she's able to be, self-sufficient, she's able to be independent and take care of herself, mm-hmm. but she's mm-hmm. able to do it in a non-artificial manner where she can be free. Um, and if that's what that, once again, it's like that, that idea of I kind of, I kind of like hate it when, when all these movies try to like paint this image of like, oh, being open in the wild and being, you know, free mm-hmm. amongst Mother Nature is so much better than being in the big city and money and blah blah blah. Like, I, I, I oh, corporate, uh-huh. corporate greed. Ugh, oh, you know, <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't stand that uh,
1: viewpoint. Sometimes Not- you're just saying that because you live in New York.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think you got me there. I think you just, you know, what? I'm gonna shut up now. I think you just got me. (laughs) Uh, okay catching our breath here a little bit for a second (laughs) um but yeah you know it's one of those things where i just felt i just got so many mixed messages overall from this movie um performances are really truly fantastic and we'll get to those in a minute when we talk about the film's oscar potential especially as it pertains to woody harrelson um before mm-hmm. we move on to any final thoughts, great out of ten, um, and any Oscar potential, are there any like main big points that you want to just address, or are we free to move on?
1: Uh, I mean, as far as I, I guess some some major points, we haven't talked a lot about Naomi Watts in this film, but yeah. I, I think she's also very very good and. Going back to a point you made earlier as far as how a lot of the men, or at least the Rex and the David characters, they certainly are asshole in a lot of ways in this film, and, and, and it's very intentional in that regard, but a lot of the women characters do emulate a uh, vigor to them, including uh, the Rosemary character. And even though she is a bit ignorant herself or oblivious to some of the things happening around her. I think overall, Naomi Watts again is very good at uh, depicting the love that she has for her husband and the reasons why she does stick around and also the love that she has for her kids as well. And you certainly engage with her character on that level. And I think there is something to d- to be said in this film about how people respond to being in these for the lack of a better term just very hopeless situations and i think the women in particular in this in this film you know the the three young girls and also the rosemary character they're uh to see them react the way they do i think uh is really really fascinating to see how those characters kind of you know find interweave themselves throughout this story so that that is something uh, of note at least at least for me i i did enjoy that about the film
0: well that's good. I mean, I, I, I have to say I did find the uh, Naomi Watts character to be one who I almost wanted the film to be centered around her. Um, I wanted to see a movie from t- told entirely from her perspective
1: Yeah, sure. of what it's yeah.
0: like to, unable to leave this man because of this deep rooted love that she has for him and also for her children and this desire to keep their family mm-hmm. together. And how yeah. that also by hanging on to that idea brings her more and more in a downward spiral along Mm. with Rex, even though she's not the alcoholic of the two. She's more so, I would say, um, delusional than anything. And that was something that I just found very, very interesting. So
1: there are a few scenes where the movie does get into that. uh, But I I agree with you. I would have at least loved to see more of her perspective for sure.
0: You know, and one other thing I want to just touch upon as well Is there is a segment in the film where I guess the movie tries to hint at something that has influenced Rex's life from earlier in his past Yeah, that I found to be – I don't care if it's a true story once again. This is why I also don't think this made a great adaptation. I thought it was too dark and too on the nose. For um, mm. uh, for it to work here, and I didn't. I and you know, yeah. there came a certain point where I didn't like that that was added in because I don't like that when in a movie such as this where you, it's like we need to know that in order to recontextualize this man and have mm-hmm. better sympathy for him and understanding. The movie is much more interesting if you take that out, and we are left with a, with an ambiguity on what it is that drives this man and yeah. what. Makes him the way that he is today, and his decision-making process, and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, and I think that is a very fair criticism. In fact, that was one of the the things that was on top of mind for me too when I first watched this film. The movie delves into some really bleak and arduous topics that it just simply glosses over in superficial ways at times. I mean, it certainly dives more into the alcoholism than it does what you're talking about regarding the, the Rex character there. But yeah, I feel like that's an element where it could have been stripped out of this film completely. And I don't think it would have hindered the experience a whole lot, or at the very least, there are moments where we see a teenager Brie Larson and she has a conversation with her father where she blatantly brings this up. And that, to me, I felt like was completely unnecessary. The reaction he gave to his mom when they first met, I think was enough to tell me that there is a history there that probably isn't good. And you could have made those connections without necessarily delving into that directly. And so that that was one of those elements where the f- I, I, I agree with you, I don't know if that was necessary to have that included here.
0: Yeah, and one last thing I will say before we get into our um, grade and Oscar potential too is so much focus is placed on the Jeanette character and while the other uh, children do get their moments, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. I almost wanted to see the story told from their own points of view at times And to see maybe a little bit more insight into their own characters. Mm -hmm. I understand that this is uh, Jeanette's memoir. I understand this is her story and her side of things. I get that. But I think that you could have done something very, very interesting if maybe they even repeated scenes and they just showed it from different points of view and what that character was experiencing yeah. in those moments, except you know, just just little little things like that, because otherwise there were times where I felt like those characters just felt so neglected.
1: No, and, and you're you're completely right. A lot of the sibling characters of this film, they're simply there to. Uh, to, to really bring more insight into what Jeanette is experiencing at the moment. And for me, that's why I was able to forgive a lot of that. It's a, it's the same reason why I was able to forgive the fact that the film doesn't delve into Rick's, to Rex's backstory a ton either, because ultimately this is from G- Jeanette's point of view. Again, like you said, this is her memoir. So the fact that some things are superficially explored it somewhat makes sense because it's not about those things. This whole film is about Jeanette's experience, in particular with her father, who she had a, a strong connection to, and ultimately the legacy that he left her with. That's what this film is about. And again, whether whether the whether you like the turn or not at the end, I mean, that's just the. The fact of the matter, and if the film delivers that, it, it's certainly debatable. <laughs> we, we have debated that, but I think that's why some of those things can slide, and I'm perfectly okay with it.
0: All right. What grade out of 10 would you give this movie? And do you foresee
1: any Oscar potential, JD? Nine out of 10. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh,
0: <laughs> <my Lord. laughs> wow, you made no. me go up several Oscars there, man. Whoa.
1: No, uh, I'm just kidding. I would probably give this a 6 out of 10. I think it does have a lot of problems, and, and we've certainly delved into that. But I do think there is enough, again, regarding fatherhood and legacy, that it was enough To move me, and I was able to engage with the film because of that. I think, again, all of those flashback sequences, if you just kind of put that into a vacuum and you can strip away everything else, I really would have dug a lot of where where this film went. Um, But uh, see, I give it a six out of 10. As far as Oscar potential goes, I mean, Woody Harrelson is really the only thing that should be talked about at the end of the year regarding this film. I would love to see him get some sort of recognition for it. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case given the criticisms of this film. It wasn't well reviewed um, overall. At least I think there's a lot of mixed reviews out there for it. So... Um The the, the other other thing that we haven't talked about that I really loved, at least on its own, is Joel P. West's score, I think, is really beautiful and really gorgeous here. I I think there are times where some of the Hollywood shininess of this film, uh, where the score there is certainly playing into that a little bit. But I think on its own, the music is really, really gorgeous as well. I don't I don't expect any Oscar love, but I thought I'd throw that out there as well. Six out of ten for me.
0: Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's good. <laughs> uh, four out of ten. I'm being generous. I think. I was originally going to give it a five, but I I had a night to sleep mm. on it, and the more I thought about it, I was like, Nah, nah, nah. I I really did not like this movie at times. <laughs> I really mm. did not.
1: So you know, and and it's, and it's funny having that re- hearing your reaction too, Matt. Sorry to cut you off because and I do feel like in a lot of ways perhaps I'll be the minority on this because uh because, because I did respond to it uh for the reasons I art- articulated but for pretty much verbatim the same reasons you hated this film is the same, is the, the exact same reasons I hated a film like Lady Macbeth which everyone seemed to love so I guess it's just that year for me where I'm just going to be on the opposite side of everybody else when it comes to stuff It's like actually this. a little
0: ironic. I gave Lady Macbeth a 6 out of 10. So we
1: <laughs> There you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, okay, Oscar potential for Woody. Here's the only way I could see it happening. I could see it happening where I, I'm pretty confident he's not going to get any critics' love whatsoever in the uh, Critics Awards when we get to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I could see him getting resurrected via the guilds. I could see Golden Globe. I could see SAG. I could see Vose um, going for him. And I could see mm-hmm. the nomination being something akin to, like, Robert Duvall in The Judge. The Judge was mm. not a critically well-received film, but the yeah, performance yeah, was a standout in a film that, whether you thought it was designed for awards or not, the performance was a uh, standout in that it also did appeal to a certain demographic um, mm-hmm. and I do believe that there are members within the Academy that this film will respond to uh, that this film will resonate with rather and they will respond to it you know I immediately walked out of the movie and a friend asked me oh what would you think of it and my response was people like us will hate it. Your grandma will love it. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And sure. it's funny because my, my aunt texted me earlier today and she was taking my grandmother to the movies and she said, oh, do you have any recommendations? And I said, oh, go see The Glass Castle. It's a good cry. You know, that's... <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean... Pfft. Yeah. Yeah. I know my audience, and I think I yeah. know the Academy sure. well enough to know that Woody Harrelson has been having uh, quite a banner year, mm-hmm. and he's had such a great career over these last couple of years that I could very, very well see them throwing him a thankless nomination because it will not contend for a win. But if the sure. field is weak and they need to fill up five slots, this is uh, a performance that on its own mm-hmm. is – the best aspect of the film and is certainly Oscar bait and certainly could get in there. Um, yeah. I am not predicting it now for the time being, but as we get closer in this, in the season starts to roll on a little bit more, I'm telling yeah. you, if he starts popping up at golden globe and sag, watch out like that, that really could start
1: to happen. Yeah. I would love to see it. I mean, and regardless of where you sit on the spectrum and if, if people don't like it, Uh, if they are more in your camp, Matt, uh, the one thing that people can't say about this film is that he, he is absolutely terrific. He carries this film in many, 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 many ways. So, um, yeah, I would love, love to see him get some sort of recognition for it. I don't expect it, but that would be. Pretty awesome to see.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, JD, for stepping yeah. in and filling in at the last minute to help me out with this review here of the Glass yeah, Castle.
1: No, no problem.
0: Uh, Where can they find you on the Internet? And by the way, if you guys haven't already found them on the Internet, shame on you. You're about to hear, though, as to why you should.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you can find us at IncessionFilm.com. Uh, we have links to our podcast there, as well as all of our social media networks as well. Uh, Facebook, Twitter—just search in-, in session film, and you'll find us on all of those various networks. And thanks for having me, Matt. I'm—it's oh, always a pleasure for me to be here. So thanks for inviting me and letting me throw out my fatherhood biases at you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just for just for context here, Midnight Special was JD's favorite film last year.
1: Yes, very much so, and. <laughs> Thinking about it today still gets me a little bit emotional. (laughs) Yeah, I love that film. Well,
0: thank you so much, JD. I really, really do appreciate it. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast as we review The Glass Castle. You can subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, and CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We would certainly appreciate your feedback. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable, and we will see you all next time.
1: Hello, this is Gary Chahot, welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.